to know that he knows your name this morning. He knows you. He knows you. He sees you this morning. You feel like no one else sees you. He sees you this morning. He knows right where you're at this morning. Mm. He knows you this morning. Lord, I thank you for knowing me, God. Lord, I thank you for knowing me today. We're so glad that the Lord is here. We're glad that you are here today worshiping with us. If it is your first time with us, I'd love to say welcome to Legacy Church. If it's your first time or maybe you've been here a while but you've never filled out a Connect card, we'd love a, a, a Connect card from you today just so we'll have record of your visit. We've got a special gift for you in our loft right after the service. We'd love to meet you up there and shake your hand right after service. I just have a few announcements for us this morning. Remember on October the 26th, it is pumpkin and pizza for our kiddos. It's a parents' night out. How many of you like parents' night out, free child care? Come on, somebody free child care activities. We're going to feed your child. We're going to entertain them. Somebody ought to shout right there from 5 to 7.30. It's all free. All you've got to do is you've got to go online at LegacyChurchRome.org. We're going to have pumpkins to paint and decorate and food and activities while you just, you can go home and take a nap. You can ride around the car. You can sit at Starbucks in silence. You can do whatever you want to. Come on, somebody. This is for you today. So don't miss it. Don't miss it. We're going to get pumpkins in a few days, and we want, we want to have a pumpkin for your little pumpkin. So please be sure you register them as soon as possible just so we'll have a record and we'll know how to prepare so your child can have a great time. At the end of the day, you'll have a great time, and it's all free. Just go online and do that. Also, remember on October the 31st, uh, Legacy Church, we're going to be at Ridge Ferry Park uh, with the other people from the city, and of course, we're going to be handing out candy that night, but we're going to be there telling people about our church. We're going to be praying for people if people need prayer. So it's going to be a, a, a fun time of just outreach to our city, and you can help us. Uh, you can help us by donating a bag or two of candy of individually wrapped pieces, and you can put that in our foyer, and then that'll help us with some outreach that we have coming up. So if you'd like to do that, just pick up a couple of bags and be sure you put those in the foyer uh, within a couple of days. And also, uh, for our children, we have a children's Christmas musical coming up on December the 8th. Our children are going to be uh, here on a Sunday morning. They're going to be performing for us and singing for us. Listen, your child don't have to be uh, the next Adele. They don't need to have a guitar. None of that stuff. Anything with kids in it, it's just fun. It's just fun. And uh, we would love for your kids to be here. We usually have about 50 or so kids here on a Sunday morning. We'd love for them all to be on stage. But we need you to just go online and register so uh, we will know. You can actually go to our social media and click on the link so we will know that you uh, that your child is going to be there and it's got all the dates you need, practices, and all that good stuff, okay? So be sure we'd love to have your child there. And um, so, yeah, it's going to be a great Christmas. Just Can we believe we're talking about Christmas? Some of you are probably already have your tree up, don't you? I know who you are. We used to, but before, before children, we used to put our tree up on Halloween. We were decorating the tree as they were giving out candy. It was, everyone thought we were freaks, but anyway. Now, since kids, we don't do that, so, but anyway. We're so glad that you are here today. And if you'd like to sow into the mission, the vision of this house, whether it's your tithes or with your offering, 
There are some envelopes under the chairs in front of you. Our ushers will be standing at the door as you leave, or you can also do that online also. And we thank you so much for being faithful with your tithes and with your offering, and it allows us to do outreaches. It allows us to open our doors. It allows us to do things for our kids uh, in a couple of weeks. So we're just... Uh, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I want you to know that I thank you for your faithfulness uh, and including Legacy Church as part of your monthly giving. It really helps us here to do ministry in a bigger way, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Like a few weeks ago, I started a series called The Table, and we're going to continue there today. Last week, we took a little break. How many of you enjoyed Pastor Omari's word last week? Be sure you get. Uh, be sure you listen to that on our um, our podcast. If you ever miss a service, they're all on our podcast. So be sure you, that you hear that. If you were not here, but I'm going to pick up where I left off a couple of weeks ago with the table, and we're. Uh, I'll be reading from Second Samuel chapter nine. I'll be reading verses one through thirteen this morning. Second Samuel chapter nine verses one through thirteen. How many, Alabama, how many Alabama fans are praying today? You're not a fan if you don't know what we're praying for. So, or they're, I'm not praying for it. I ain't going to lie. I ain't praying for it. He don't have my prayers today. Oh, it ain't done. It ain't over. Some of you look tired. You must have been watching that game last night. 2 Samuel chapter 9, it says, David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba, and they summoned him to appear before David. And the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, is there no one still alive for the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness to? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? the king asked. Ziba answered, He is at the house of Makur, son of Emil in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Makur, son of Emil. And when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. And David said to Mephibosheth, At your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Praise the Lord. And Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. And in verse 11, then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord 
my Lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. And in verse 12, Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today, God, that your presence has been in this place. Thank you, Lord, for sharing that gift with us of your Holy Spirit today. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we as I speak this word, God, I pray that our minds would be open, our ears would be open to you, oh God. Lord, I pray that we lay every hindrance aside today. Everything that's going on in our life, it's not going to interrupt this word today, God. So clear our minds, clear our calendar for these next few moments, God, and let's, let us just step into your presence today and let this word take root into our life. And I thank you in advance. And everyone said amen. Amen, amen and amen. I'm going to start by reviewing just uh, kind of what I talked about a couple of weeks ago since we took a little break there. And uh, last time I spoke to you, I, uh, I was talking about how this passage starts with a very important question that King David was asking. It was an important question. He said, is there anyone that is left? And often life, uh, often life, uh, we wrestle uh, with the emotion of feeling left, of feeling alone, feeling like no one understands where we, where we are at. Uh, you know, we often say, you know, am I the only one? Uh, am I the only one in this state of suffering? No one understands where I've been. No one understands what I'm going through. No one understands this pain. No one, no one cares if I'm at church or not. No one cares if, 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 if I miss a day at work. No one even knows I'm there. Is, is there anyone left or am I the only person? And, and, and I kind of used a story the last time how so often you think everything was going great and your sales on your job were up and you had good reviews from your customers and then it's like they, they, they left me. They let me go. They left me with no job and no income. They stripped me of everything. The provider of my family. Am I the only one left? Is there anyone ever been in a situation where you felt like you were just left, like alone? No one knew where you were at. But it's so important to notice that, that, that King David asked a very important question. He said, is there anyone that is still left? Is there anyone still left? Take note that he did not ask, is there anyone qualified? He did not ask, is there anyone with a degree? He did not say, is there anyone worthy of this? No, he just asked, has anyone survived? Because tell your neighbor, say, say, look at your neighbor, say, I'm not perfect. Come on, tell your neighbor, I know it's hard. I'm not perfect. I may not have it all together, but guess what? I'm still alive. See, see, he was asking, is there anyone still alive? Because if you were left, that means that you actually made it. Hmm. If you are left, that actually means that you made it. That means that you didn't give up. That means that you didn't quit. That means that you didn't throw in the towel. If you are left, it actually means that you, that you, that you actually made it. So what King was saying, is there anyone that has been through some stuff that I can use? Is there anyone that is still breathing? Is there anyone left that I can, that I can use in this moment? It is so important for everyone to understand this morning that no matter what condition that you may find yourself in, no matter what state, no matter what spiritual season you may find yourself in, guess what? God's plan will always prevail. 
No matter what state you are in, no matter what state of mind, no matter what state of income, I bring good news for you today. God's plan for you will always prevail. The devil's plans, the devil's scheme, they cannot keep God's will from coming into fruition in your life. I speak that to you today as a word of truth. His word, it is true. His promises, they are yes and amen. God always has the final word. Husband, you thought your wife had the final word. No, 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 no. God always has the final word. You let her believe that, but I tell you something, the truth. God always, his word is final. Can somebody say amen? Husband, you better shout this morning. God's word is the final word. It is always the final word. Whenever he says it, it shall happen. It will happen. God's word is the final word. Mephibosheth, as we're talking about this morning, finds himself in Lodabar. Just as a reminder, Mephibosheth was born into royalty. Uh, he was King Saul was his grandfather. Jonathan was his father. He was destined for greatness. He was, the, he was that baby that was literally born with a silver spoon in his mouth. All the kids wanted to be Mephibosheth. Even though his name was crazy, they still wanted to be him because he was destined. He was destined for greatness. His future was already determined for him. All he had to do was just live and everything was going to fall into place. That was at least what he thought. But at a young age, someone literally picked him up and was carrying Carrying him in a moment of chaos in, in, in his land. And when they picked him up and they were carrying him, they dropped him at the age of five years old. And when they, whenever they dropped him, he became crippled in both feet. And during this time, it's important to understand that if you were crippled, you were excommunicated from society. You were sent to this place that we're talking about today. It's called Lodabar. So let's break this down for us this, this morning. What does it mean for us today? What does Lodabar mean for us? The, 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 we, we really don't have this in our society, but what does this mean spiritually for us today? The first part of the name Lodabar is so accurate because it was a low place. Lodabar could have very well been been been. Uh, could very well have been the destination where the term 3D was discovered because it was a place of 3D. It was a place of depression, despair, and dysfunction. There was nothing good about Lodabar. Lodabar was the last place on earth that you wanted to go. It was literally a place of depression, despair, and dysfunction. It was a lot like a modern third world country. And if you've ever been to a third world country and you've walked among the shacks and you've walked down the streets where there is no sewer system, there's no running water, there, the, the uh, disease is rampant. If you've ever been in a situation like that, I've been once in my life and you will never forget a place like that. You will never forget it. And this was what, like, this is, a lot like a uh, uh, Lodabar was like in this moment. It was impossible to be in that environment and not feel the oppression of the people. If you stayed in a, if you stay in situations like that long enough, you too begin to experience the three Ds. I remember walking down the streets of India and you begin to feel the oppression of the people. You begin to feel, uh, you, you, you begin to sense that, that, that it's, it's like God's presence is not there as it is the 
land of a thousand gods. You can feel the oppression, the spiritual depression of the people. And it is really impossible. If you stay there long enough, you will start to take that, uh, that, that, that culture onto yourself. It is so important to understand that although you may be destined for royalty, someone, in a, someone needs to get this in your spirit this morning, that although you may be destined to royalty, you will not always be in royal situations. Although you were a child of God and just because you were born again and your father is the king of kings, that does not exclude you from the three D's. Those three D's will come knocking on your door. Just because you are a child of God, that does not mean that you are exempt from facing depression. That does not mean that you will never be in despair. That does not mean that you will never be, be, uh, be in a season of dysfunction. That just means that the devil wants that for you even more. But just because you were born into royalty, that does not mean that you will never that you will always be in royal situations. See, because when when we when we really begin to break down the word uh, into its original text, this is the meaning. Be sure you catch this in your notes today. Lodabar, when it's looked at its original text, it means three things. It means no pasture, no word, no communication. Lodabar means no pasture, like where the where, where the cows are. No word and no communication. It was a place of desolation and isolation, a place of no pasture. What does that mean? That means that whenever you live there, guess what? The grass was always greener on the other side because there literally was no grass there. There was no vegetation. There was nothing that was sprouting up from the earth. It, it, it was a place that lacked productivity. I'm the type of person where my, 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 I, I base how productive uh, my days have been or how many things I check off my list. If I go days without checking anything off a list, my list, I begin to feel down. I begin to feel like I've not been productive. Guess what? There was no productivity going on in this land. There was no pasture. There was nothing sprouting up from the earth. It says there was also, uh, it said no word. That's what it means. Isn't that interesting? It was a place where no word was being shared. It was a place with no revelation. And while most of us have never lived in, or most of us have never even seen these conditions, it is important to note that today, Lodabar does not come in the form of a location, but Lodabar can be a state of mind in a spiritual state. Spiritually, you can be in Lodabar. You can be in a place where there is no word. You can be in a place where there is no spiritual productivity. You can be in a barren place spiritually. In today's time, it's not about a location, but it's more about a state of mind in a spiritual state. While discussing and studying Lodabar and preparing for words throughout the years, uh, as, as I told you a few weeks ago, I love this passage, and I've preached it so many times to so many different people. And while studying and discussing Lodabar, many, I have found that many define the destination of Lodabar as a place of death. Many would define this season as one that was designed by the devil to destroy you. Many would design if, 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 if many would design uh, um, describe, sorry, describe this place of Lodabar as a place of death. It's your final resting place. It's where you go when it's all over. But while studying about Lodabar myself, I am reminded that perspective is key. Can somebody agree with me? Perspective can change the, 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 the way you see things. And the sight, the way you see things, although it sounds a lot alike, sight is not the same as insight. Because while sight 
Sight tells me I'm in the 3Ds. Sight says, look around. This is a place of depression. Look around. There's nothing productive happened. Sight tells me you're going to stay here forever. Sight tells me you might as well just give up. But while sight is telling me those things, that this is a place of depression, despair, and dysfunction, inside cannot be seen. It is like a cousin to faith. It is a gift that comes from studying the word of God. Insight that you need from your life only can come from the word. And while I'm looking at all of this and my sight is telling me this, while sight tells me that I'm in Lodabar, insight due to my knowing of the word that I have hidden in my heart as scripture says, the word tells me through insight that although I am in Lodabar, I may be crippled, but I'm still covered. It tells me that although I am in Lodabar, I'm still more than a conqueror. It tells me that this season shall not prosper against me. Insight reminds me that he will never leave me nor forsake me in a Lodabar. Insight of the word goes against my sight and it reassures me that he is working Lodabar out for my good. Insight tells me I may be in Lodabar but the king still knows me this morning. Somebody needs to thank God this morning for the word because the word can change the way that you view your Lodabar. It gives you insight to the things that, 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 that your sight is dictating to you. Insight gives you in that thing, insight uh, of things that your sight is saying this is the way it is. But you're, while your sight is saying it's horrible, while your sight is telling you that you will never survive, while your sight is saying this is your final resting place, while your sight is telling you this is where you're going to be the rest of your life, that's when you've got to say no, 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 I, no, 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 I understand the word of God. And no, I'm, I'm going to make it through this. He didn't bring me this far just to leave me here. But through insight of the word, I know this is not my final destination. Insights. Let me share with you this morning some insight through the word that I've received while studying about Lodabar. Sight tells us Lodabar is my new home. Insight from the word tells me that I'm just passing through. Mm. Somebody needs to get that today. Sight says this is my new home. Insight from the word tells me I'm just passing through. Because a, a word of insight to you is I have found that God will use Lodabars for transition. Mm. God will use low seasons to get you to a transition in your life. Because when the devil wants you to make it your permanent residence, God will use it as a place of transition. See, God will lead you to places that you don't understand. He will lead you through circumstances that you can't control. Why? Because transitions and breakthrough occur when you lose control and he gains the control. Can somebody help me preach this morning? God will put you in a fiery furnace just so everyone around you can see the fourth man in the fire with you. God will ask the devil, will have you considered my servant Job just so he can show you that you are nothing without him. God will drop you right in the middle of a season of Lodabar so he can transition you and get you back to the table where you should be. And while everyone around you may be telling you, you might as well just go ahead and buy a house. You might as well just go ahead and unpack your bags. You just need to tell them, nope, I'm just transitioning. Hmm. 
This is not my final destination. I'm just transitioning. Transitions occur via breakthroughs. You would never need a breakthrough if it were not for a Lodabar. The word breakthrough would not even be in our vocabulary if it wasn't for Lodabars. You want you to see, so many times we want breakthroughs to come in a place of ease, in a place of comfort. That's not really a breakthrough. But your next breakthrough could very well come from the very place that you're trying to get out of right now. That's why you've got to do what the Word says. And it says, be not weary in well-doing, but in due season, when it's time, when God says he's ready, whenever you've been expecting it, he shall, you shall reap if you faint not. Mm. Lodabars were designed to make you faint. The devil desires for you to faint on the battlefield. He desires for you to give up. But the word says, in due season, in, 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 in due season, look at somebody, look at your neighbor, wives especially, look at your husband and say, I'm due, I'm due. Husbands, don't, don't, don't get scared. That doesn't mean anything. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm expecting, I'm expecting. It's my due season. See, due season is not always pretty. Women, where are you at? Due season is not always pretty. Things get big. You get marks from the war. Gravity takes hold, pulls you down. Some things never go back the way they were. I don't know that. I'm just, no. Due season is not always pretty. You feel, excuse me, you don't feel like royalty in a due season. And when a woman is due, the birthing process is not an easy one, woman. Is it? Can I get an amen? You've got to push. You've got to breathe. It takes blood, sweat, and tears in a due season. In a season when the thing that you've been carrying inside of you, inside of your spirit, is ready to manifest or transition to the natural, is a due season, and it ain't easy. Due seasons will make you doubt yourself. Due seasons, due seasons will make you question God. Due seasons will make you abort your purpose. Due seasons can make you forget while you were even born. And Mephibosheth, here he is. It is it's, it's, it's a due season. He'd been there for so long. And it was finally something due was in his life. He had been declared a resident of Lodabar. No one could mention his name without stating that he was disabled or that he was in Lodabar. He had, he had started taking on the environment. You need to get this right now in your spirit. Because listen. Although he was born in royalty, he had started taking on the environment that someone else had placed him in. Mm. He didn't go there. Someone shipped him off there. And he began to take on the environment that someone else placed him in instead of taking on the environment that he was destined for or that he was due for. You've got to be careful who you let put you in places. Hmm. Be careful who you let place you. Because if you don't watch it, 
you will start taking on that environment. And although he was born into royalty, he no longer looked like it. He no longer was acting like it. He had been in Lodabar for so long that he had forgotten that he was actually due for royalty. See, Lodabar will make you feel like we talked about earlier, left. It will make you feel alone. He had, but listen to this. You got to get this today because this is, this is where some of you are. He had no idea that while he was going through depression, he had no idea while he was going through despair. He had no idea while he was dealing with dysfunction that there was a king in the palace that was setting up a table with his name on it. Hmm. He had no idea. And just when Mephibosheth thought he had been forgotten about, God picked up his cell phone and started sharing Mephibosheth's location. God dropped a pen for King David and said, that's the one I want. See, Mephibosheth was in Lodabar. Hmm. And what does Lodabar mean? It means what? A place with no word. How many times have you been in a place in your life where you did not consult the word of God? How many of you have prayed and sought the word of God before you bought your home? Before you bought that car? Mm. Before you took on that big responsibility? So many times we find ourselves in seasons of Lodabar where there seems like there is no word there. Listen, the devil wants to keep you in places that he feels that the word of the Lord does not reside in. He wants to do everything he can to keep you from the word because he knows the power of the word. But guess what? This morning, it is what? It is due season. It says that he was, it, 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 it says that it was the king that sent a servant to Lodabar. You know, the place with no word. The king sent a servant with a word mm, to change somebody's life. He sent a servant with a word to a place where there was no word. Hmm. That's the power of a word. The word doesn't say what he said when he got there, but I can just imagine here is a servant and he's walking among all the crippled people and he's looking and he's calling out the name and finally Mephibosheth answers and I can't you just hear the word that he said to him. I can just hear him saying, hey listen here man, I've got a word for you. I know no one has spoke to you a while. I know you feel like you're left. I know you feel like alone but guess what? I've got a word from the king and the word I have for you is that the king is looking for you. The king has set up a table for you. Guess what? If you want a transition from where you are at, you must get a word in you I need somebody to help me preach right now because the word can transition you there is something that happens when the word crosses into a plane where the word has never been there is something magnificent that can happen when the word steps into an environment that the devil has blocked off there is something amazing that can happen when the word of the lord pierces a soul that has put a fence around it there is something amazing that, 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 that happens when the word of god steps into enemy territory there is something that shifts when a word 
word that is spoken steps into a broken marriage. There is something that happens, something that stirs when a word moves into dry, weary bones. There is something that transitions when you allow the word of God to get into places that you've never allowed the word of God to get in before. There is something that transitions when the word gets into your Lodabar. And I've got a word for you today. Guess what? The king is looking for you and the king knows where you are at. And if you would just get this word inside of you, you would see a transition in your life. You would see a transition in marriages. You would see transitions in your job. If you could just get the word into places that it's never been, it will transition you. The great thing about this story, Zaba was a servant. He wasn't known. He didn't have degrees. He wasn't some talented person. He wasn't known for his lofty thinking. The word says he was just a servant. But he was a servant with a word. Mm. He was a nobody. All he had was, all I've got is a word. All I've got is a word for you. I don't have great riches because what? I've, I've got a word for you. And there were probably times when Zaba, there were probably times whenever he felt left. And at the beginning of this passage, his own king, King David, called for him. And then he looks and he says, are you Zaba? King David did not even know his name. King David did not even know what he looked like. But remember... The king didn't ask, is there anyone qualified? He just, he just wanted someone who was alive. Because God sent a word by a nobody to go resurrect the next somebody. What would happen, church, listen to me this morning. What would happen if the church stopped gossiping? What would happen if the church stopped texting? What would happen if we stopped airing out our laundry in public? What would happen if the church became the most joyful place in America? What would happen if the church became the most unified organization in the world? Guess what? It is due time. It is time for the church to start bringing the word into places where the word has never been. This time that we bring the word into cities where it has never reached. Let me tell you what would happen. It would be a transition. It wouldn't be just any transition, but it would be the transition of souls that were once headed to hell, but now they will shall be seated at the right hand of the Father. They shall be seated with him who sits at the right hand of the Father. They shall sit at the king's table with him. Transitions. Who is ready to see people be, be, be rescued from hell and be seated at the table? If you want it, you got to get the word. Get the word. It's, it's, it's due season. It's due time. And God is just looking for a servant to deliver a life-changing word. You say, could it be that easy? Yes. Think about the people you work with. There is somebody there that's just waiting for a word. Think about somebody you go to school with, young person. There is a suicidal boy, and he's just waiting for a word. There's a husband contemplating leaving his wife and he don't even know it but he's just waiting on a servant to bring him a word there's a mother that's going through depression in Lodabar and she's just waiting 
just for a servant to bring a word from the Lord. They're just waiting for somebody to say, the king is looking for you. The king is setting up a table for you. They're just waiting for somebody to bring a word. How many of you today would just love to be the vessel that steps into somebody's load of bar and say that the king is looking for you and it transitions their life completely. Transitions their life completely. Insight. Here's an insight that is so simple. God has given you a word. Someone's waiting on you. There is a load of bar that could be broken if you would just share the word of God. There is a depression that could cease if you would just share the word of God. There is a suicidal person that could be broken off of them if you would just share the word of God. There is somebody that is wrapped up in a situation. If you would just let them transition by the word of God. The devil wants to use Lodabar as a place of exclusion, but God is going to use it as a place of inclusion for his will, for your life. It's the place of transition. It's the place of transition. If you ever turn on the news, if you ever turn on the news, if you ever know anything about modern culture, every time I look up something, it is someone transitioning. They're transitioning to something they don't like. I thought I was this, now I want to be this. They're constantly transitioning. They're transitioning. They're transitioning to whatever they want to be that day. And every time I, I continuously see this, and I feel and I hear, they have been looking. They've been looking to science. They've been looking to medical things to transition them. They, and I hear the spirit groaning over a nation that is like a Lodabar, where so many people are at their rock bottom, and they're looking for all of these things to transition so they can be what they want to be. So they, can, so they can be right so everyone around them will think that they're cool or think that they're, they're hip and they're transitioning all of these things in your life but I want to give you a word this morning and the word is that whenever the word gets into your when the word gets into you guess what the word will transition you but it will not transition you into what you want to be but it will transition you into what God has for you you need to stop transitioning yourself into what you want to be. And you need to ask God, what do you have for me? And his word will go before you. His word will plow up the ground before you. And it will transition you to what he has for you. Will you stand with me this morning? I want to share another important insight from the word this morning. And this insight is that while the devil 
wants to use your Lodabar as a place of defamation, a place of tearing you apart, a place where your image and your character are being attacked. You feel like your name is being ripped apart. You feel embarrassed. You feel like everything is being exposed and everybody knows everything. It's like, it's an act of defamation. It's tearing you apart. That's what the devil wants, but I bring good news to you today. God will use that same season in your life as a place of discovery. Lodabar, the lowest season of life. The lowest of the low. Lodabar was the exact place where Mephibosheth was discovered. The very location that he had been placed to die was the exact location that he was discovered. The same place where he was rejected was the very place that he was accepted. And in the middle of mess, the king discovered him. You thought your best days were behind you. You thought you had no gifts or talents left to be exposed. You thought your best days were behind you. Some of you, you are reaching an age where you feel like I've done all the serving I can, or, you know, I have nothing left to give to the church, you know. I'm, 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 I'm reaching a certain age, and I just feel like I have nothing left. The devil is a liar, because you're about to discover something inside of you, where you feel, where you, well, you know, I've already, I've already, uh, I, I, I already took care of the kids when I was 20 years old and I've already done this. No, no, you don't understand. The devil is a liar to your generation saying you have no place in the church, saying your gifts are gone. I tell you right now, that very mindset, God is about to discover a new gift inside of you for the kingdom of God. No generation has been forgotten from the king and you will not be left in Lodabar because a word has come to you today that the king is looking for you and he wants you at his table will you just bow your head with me just a moment <laughs>